everybody. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory, or welcome if it's your first time listening. I'm Blair. And I'm Molly. And we today are discussing a a hot topic. This fall, uh, some of our kids Mm -hmm. are going to be heading off. To the big K, baby. And I'm not talking about, oh. <laughs> I'm not talking about Kmart. I, uh, Molly, I'm having, I got the, I'm in my feels about my baby boy starting the kindergarten. Of course. It's oh. wild because also mm. your son is four and a half mm-hmm. and he's been at a sort of learning through play in the woods, Scandinavian school, right? Yes, yes, he is has. That, was that a pretty yes, accurate description? Is that straight from a pamphlet? It's very. <laughs> Straight from the pamphlet, uh, we play in the woods and we play with uh, a lot of recycled materials. Um, so now talking about school readiness, I do want to talk more about kids being ready. But how are you feeling? You said you're in your feels about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, right now he only goes to school two days a week. And the idea of him like being at school all day, five days a week is like so weird to me. I don't know. Even though like most days I'm like, God, I wish you were in school today. You know, like it's, it's such a, it's such a yin and yang. But is it a full day kindergarten? Yeah, it's full Uh day. It's like, I think it's like eight to two. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a full day and just him being away all day. And I don't know. It's just, I'm just in my feels. I think that I have some kind of like, there's a little bit of like, I don't know, like that mom control thing that I have a little bit where like I know what he's doing throughout his day, at least three days a week. And he's right around the corner, those other two. And now it's going to be like five days, a a car ride away. (laughs) How are you feeling? You know, I feel um, I feel conflicted. And I think it's kind of like what you're talking about, that some days you're just like, why can I not have him in school every day? We know that actually brings me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is uh, school readiness for kids is mm, dependent mm-hmm. Blair so many factors I bet I we even had to start recording this podcast a little late because I was doing research because it's so easy to get so into all the different factors and whether it's good to hold your kid back even when they do make the cutoff like when even if their birthday is in mm-hmm, the right time mm-hmm. zone or whatever time zone mm-hmm. you know what I mean <laughs> uh, even if their birthday does make the cutoff, is your kid ready? I get it's called red shirting to hold them back intentionally. Ooh. Um, there are so many opinions. I mean, you, I don't know if you guys know this, but on the internet, there's a lot of opinions. <laughs> it's just in <laughs> the internet is actually filled with recipes and opinions. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but one thing that was helpful to me, and we had kind of talked about this, Blair, about getting ready and. That feeling of like, oh, oh, darn, do I need to start doing like number drills and flashcards and that kind of yes. thing? Because there's this expectation, in my opinion, specifically in the United States, about kindergarten being like school. I mean, remember when we were kids and we went to kindergarten? I went to a school and I can't remember. I, I don't think it was Waldorf, but it was something similar to that uh, okay. called the Wise Owl. Shout out Wise Owl. Um, and then I went <laughs> from that into first grade. But um, but I think it was a kindergarten-like okay. program. You know okay. who I'm going to have to ask is good old Lynn Lloyd in Rhode Island. My mother, she'll tell Lynn, me. Lynn, get on the horn. But uh, this woman named Michelle Mason, this is from a Parents Magazine article from a couple years ago. She's the director of the kindergarten school at Wheaton College. And one thing I really liked that she said was some of the skills that are helpful for children to have before they enter kindergarten include being able to separate from a parent or caregiver. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's like mm-hmm. 50% of the kids. I mean, if that, 
That's hard. Uh, Showing signs of curiosity and learning new things and being able to relate to and interact with peers. The reason why I love that is because she wasn't like, they should be able to quote from... (laughs) Harry right. Potter book they should three. Be able to, like, they should be able to read Harry Potter. Yeah, right? they should be able to read Harry Potter. There's all these expectations that we feel, you know, mm-hmm. in addition to the emotional mm-hmm. load of having our kids go off, you know, mm-hmm. for the first time to school. So I really like that she said, hey, look, these are some of the skills that are helpful. And some, you know, some kids are going to have them and some kids are not. And there's a million reasons for that. But I think or I, what, from what I found in my research and, and also from my heart, is that kids, as we have learned as parents of four-ish year olds, is that oh, and you as a, also the parent of a two-ish year old, mm-hmm. is how different kids develop at different paces. Yes. If they walk at nine months or if they walk at 19 months, around mm-hmm. age three, four or five, mm-hmm. they kind of level out like we're, we're going to be all right, you know. So totally. that's something to think about. And I also like how she said about the separation thing. I have to say for my oldest, well, my youngest hasn't gone to school yet. The first few drop-offs were excruciating. Like the separation anxiety was a real thing. I'm actually so glad that he's over that. And I can just like drop him off and be like, have a good day, dude. You know? Yeah. But those first few few drop-offs in, in pre-K were woo-wee. Yeah. Tough on him and I cried. I cried. There was a moment where I cried to the teacher like he was he was tangled on. Oh, gosh. And and crying. Don't go. Don't go. And I was like, oh, and and the and the teacher was like, it's okay. Let's go. And I was like, don't touch him. (laughs) He's not ready. He's not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. It was a mess. I'm just so glad that I don't have to deal with that. Yes. I think Hopefully. for us, little D-man was like, peace, and kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, essentially, a couple of times he would give us a hug and look kind of deep into our eyes, this cute little boy. <laughs> he went like two days mm. a week when he was two years old, three days a week mm-hmm. when he was three years old, that kind of thing. But on separate occasions, depending on who was dropping him off, both my husband and I have gotten into the car with a smile plastered on our face for our kid and for the benefit of everybody else, closed the car door and burst into tears. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know there's going to be some I mean, I know he's going to be so happy because we've even said to him, you know, you're going to go to a new school. We showed it to him. He's like, oh, yeah. Great. And but I know that it's just going to be it's going to be tough for me. Oh, yes. And then you're going to get home and be like, I have six hours to myself. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) well, just like we were just talking about the Dr. Alana Yellow, Yellow, excuse me, Y-A-L-O-W, chief academic officer at a place called Kinder Care. This is from the same parents article. She reminds all parents that every child is different and develops at their own pace. She says no one child will have the same profile of skills as another child, but both children may be equally ready for kindergarten. Readiness is very individual to each child and cannot be easily measured. That is so true. That is so true. And it's good, too. I've seen with uh, my son's friends in class, I've seen my son, like, I feel like, oh, he's lagging behind. Like, I see them, like, cutting, you know, with the scissors. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't know how to do that. And he's just tearing them apart and putting them in his nose or something. (laughs) He's just like, (laughs) he's just like stabbing things. (laughs) Um, but, But then I noticed, like, you get him around a group of kids 
who are all cutting scissors. He's like looking at looking around and he's like it, just having that community, if you will, of, you know, ripe age, my like age kids. Uh, it helps. Mm-hmm. So um, those times that I have been like, uh oh, I have to, you know, kind of remind myself that. Um, him being with his peers is so vital. Yes. Because they, they, they really do. They lift each other up. Yes, for sure. You know, it's like we said yeah. in a previous episode and it made us laugh, but I, it, it, it comes out in my head all the time. It's kind of like positive peer pressure, mm-hmm. right? Remember mm-hmm. that in that previous episode? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, my son learned so much by watching the kids around him, you know, both good and bad, yeah. both good and bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> sure. And of course, I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, also say that Dr. Yellow says school readiness is also impacted by the resources a child has access to in their family and community at large, including early childhood education, health care and access to consistent housing and nutrition. There's a lot of factors about school readiness. We are very lucky that our kids are able to go to school even yes. two to three days a week before they enter kindergarten. Some families don't have yes. that luxury, that privilege. Yes, absolutely. And so absolutely. they can look to other things that show that their kid uh, may or may not be ready for kindergarten. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, everybody develops at their own pace. And also, as one article I read said, uh, they're going to learn a lot in kindergarten. <laughs> they're going to learn a lot. A lot of that stuff comes with going to kindergarten, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And being ready. I mean, there's so many things already that my son is like ready for that I don't have the strength or the will to teach him. I'm like, that's what teachers are for, homie. And you're going to find out. Come fall. This is our 10 bazillionth shout out to teachers because, boy, are we thankful for you. Thankful. Serious. For serious. So there are some fun things. I looked on this list from Scholastic. And when we come back from the break, we are going to talk about some things you can look at to think about whether your kid is ready. But always in the back of your mind, knowing that every kid's a little different and every kid's assessment, quote unquote, is going to look different to, you know, to the teachers, to you, etc. See you after the break. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. Today, we are talking about kindergarten readiness. Are we ready to send our children to kindergarten? Me? No, not really. Not really, not really, not really. (laughs) Agreed. Are our kids ready? Are our kids ready to go? Um, We have a list from uh, Scholastic. Good old Scholastic. Good old Scholastic. Listen, do you remember Scholastic? um, Book Fair? Book Fair. Yes. And back then, they would roll those big bookshelves out from the back of the truck, and we would just be like, stick into the window, like suction cups, like like puffer, or those fish that you put in your fish tank to eat the scum. We're like, because we went like, get us to the book fair. It was the best. It was the best. And I loved, I always got on top of my books. I used to get... I used to be obsessed with Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, nice. And I would always get my Calvin and Hobbes comic books there. But I always get, um, you remember the pencils that had the, the smelly erasers on oh, them? Oh, Like yes. grapes and strawberry. Oh, Scholastic. Who knew you would give me such joy and as a child and bring me such great information yeah. as an adult? <laughs> Thank you, Scholastic. Um, they have this, this uh, great checklist to look at. And they do emphasize, I have to point out, uh, before they start this checklist, which is like, hey, your child doesn't have to have all these things, like these specific things. Mm-mm. Every school Mm-mm. is different. The expectations of different schools are different. Um, this is just giving you an idea of some things you might be looking for and what your kid already knows. And you can work on it maybe this summer or whatever, the summer before your kid goes to kindergarten. But they said, I believe it was this article that said, don't feel like you have to spend your time looking at flashcards and, you know, yeah checking off this specific checklist. These are, this is just a guideline. Um, the best thing you can do is kind of live your life with your child and include them in things that will help them be ready for kindergarten. When, totally. when they're helping you set the table, count the silverware, that kind of thing. Yes. What were you going to say? I think that I, I err on the side of like, look at your kid and what they're presenting to you as opposed to like this, these ideas of like social norms or what everyone else is doing. Cause I think it could be a little detrimental. And especially for me, um, when I was a kid, there was a lot of like pressure to like have this done by this age. And you know, she should be, and why isn't yeah, she benchmarks? And yeah. And it was just like, it was too much. And it, it turned me into, I mean, I think that it turned me into kind of a bad student because I just, I was kind of like, I started at such like a, a low bar mm-hmm. and it turned out surprise, surprise. I had ADHD and no one knew it. Cause I was a girl one, I was African-American, two, and three, I was super creative. Well, she draws. She can sit down and draw and color and paint and her attention can be there. Why can't she do that with her math and English work? Mm. Right? Right. Because it wasn't presented to be in, you know, a, a way that was that was helpful to, to the way that I learn. And nowadays, it's different, right? You have these teachers and these special education teachers. Again, shout out to all of you. Yes. God bless you. That's just a little something about me. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. You are so creative. Lot, I mean, doesn't it? that is so interesting. That it's just another way in. Like we hopefully mm-hmm. have gotten better at recognizing that some kids learn through a different through the side door. We need to like figure out the, how they learn. We don't all learn. We don't all learn the same. Yeah. 
so here's, a, again, general guidelines from Scholastic. Let's just hit a few. Let's see how it goes. Uh, I also wrote as one of the numbers, this was not them, Blair. Uh, this is me on the outline. It says, don't freak. They learn a lot in kindergarten. Scholastic <laughs> didn't say don't freak. <laughs> <laughs> they are much more professional than me. Um, look, it'd be good if your kid could, number one, identify some letters of the alphabet. I like how they kept that general. Yeah. Um, some letters. Emphasis on some yeah, letters. Do your best. Huh. Uh, grip a. Cr- uh, now this is part of um, fine motor skills. Grip a pencil, crayon, mm-hmm. or marker correctly, meaning with the thumb mm-hmm. and forefinger supporting the tip. That's all part of fine mm-hmm. motor skills, which they're still learning and will get better at in kindergarten. Totally. You know what I mean? My son still like he still can't figure out if he's left or right handed. Yeah. He he's like dominantly left, which is weird because I don't know anybody who's a left handed person. You are. How dare you not know? Now I do. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Now I know I am highly embarrassed. Uh, now I do. But also, when you think about it, how would you know? We didn't play sports together. Okay, upshot. You weren't paying attention. All right. Upshot. Well, wasn't. Clearly. <laughs> A lot of this stuff they'll learn there. Like, for instance, write first name using upper and lowercase letters if possible. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, Scholastic. Simmer down. Uh, just kidding. Uh, my son knows what lowercase letters are. I don't know that he could identify many of them. That's a bit hard, I think. Uppercase, mm-hmm. he's doing okay. Eh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> count to 10. Okay. That's all right. Uh, that's all right. Oh, and then, that's a good one. Uh, what's the opposite of... Oh, gross motor skills is the opposite of fine motor skills, right? So gross motor skills... Um, Scholastic says bounce a ball. I saw in other lists, they say such things as be able to, for for able-bodied students to be able Mm -hmm. to run a little bit, stop, turn around, run back, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, Okay. Yeah. Just like that's your gross motor skills, being able to handle your body for the most part, you know? Got it. Got it. Um, Classify objects according to their size, shape, and quantity. What is this? College? But now that I'm thinking about it. That is a, just a hmm. part of what they do. It's that organization thing they sometimes do. It's what they do. One time, so weird. when my son was like a year and a half or maybe not even two, and I had read somewhere that if you get like five or six different colors of construction paper and put them on the coffee table and say to your kid, put all the things that match this here, and you point to the red, put all the things that match yellow here, and just let them yeah. go around and pick up toys or Legos or whatever and then put them on on those pieces of construction paper. And it was really mm-hmm. remarkable. I don't even think he was two yet. They just kind of get it. And that's them classifying by color, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even at that mm-hmm. age. So it's something that they do somewhat innately. And also, I have to say that it was very sort of beautiful to look at the table after he had collected, you know, between two yeah. and ten things in each color to look at the table because the thing, the objects match the construction paper underneath it in this sort of incredible rainbow. Did I cry? You bet your butt I did. Yeah, I bet you did. I'm about to cry. Yeah. I bet it was also a nice time killer. Super good time killer. What do I do with my kid? <laughs> it was. It was really good. Uh, speak using complete sentences. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just bark at you. Lemonade. <laughs> is that not a complete sentence? Because it is in my house. Gimme! <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> fornado. Wasn't that someone used the, a fornado? The yep. term fornado. and a fornado. <laughs> I love it. My kid's in full <laughs> fornado mode, y'all. 
Oh, this is interesting. Recognize some common sight words like stop or go oh. or that kind of thing. Oh. That's an interesting oh, I one. Don't think, yeah, I don't think we're there. We have a Llama Llama book. Llama Llama learns to read and... The yes. stop sign and the go sign were both are both in that, and that's I believe the only reason why my son knows them. But <laughs> but that's an interesting one to think about, maybe. And also, like we were talking about, not having to feel like you have to schedule on the calendar like <laughs> study sessions for kindergarten to prepare for kindergarten. Right. That's an easy one in the car or on the subway or walking with your kid or whatever. It's to start pointing those kinds of things out. Well, now that I think about it, my kids actually do know sight words yeah. for like foods like like when they see a box of um oreos they know those are oreos there's those sight words right there oh that's one of my favorite sight words (laughs) for sure oh this is a good one identify rhyming words that's a fun one and easy to practice Mm, mm -hmm, rhyming mm -hmm. words is, is is definitely fun and something that again you can practice in a fun way while doing something and there's so many like there's also so many great um, like kid apps that have that kind of stuff. Yes. I can't think of any in particular, but I know that there are some really great ones that I'm just like, here, play this. Oh, and then this is sort of more of the idea, kind of fine motor skills, but also being able to use things like scissors or glue or paint and brushes or other art materials. They say with relative ease. And I, I like I appreciate that. <laughs> Relative ease. <laughs> they don't have to be mini Monet's or anything. They don't have to. It, or but, uh, pint-sized Picasso's. <laughs> oh, I could go on. Uh, but I won't. But that's a that's a great way to... They, they even suggest a, activity kits are sometimes a fantastic way to incorporate crafting with learning. Yeah, you know, they're all learning right. how to learn. I, I think the most fun we've had is doing like a marble run or like a pom-pom ball or... Mm -hmm. run with the toilet paper rolls and um, paper towel rolls and using like, you know, paint safe blue tape or sticky putty or whatever to stick it on the wall and have them create those. That's a really fun learning one with crafting as well. Look at you. Oh, look, you're so walking Pinterest. The great thing is I'm not. I've literally brought up two things on this (laughs) show today and I've done maybe three in my life. Oh, what's the (laughs) other one? Maybe I'll bring that up by the end of the episode too. (laughs) Um. There's also this other thing. uh, Oh, here's a couple more. Repeat full name, address, phone number, and birthday. Oh, yeah. No, mine can't do that. (laughs) No, my oldest one can. My oldest one can. But my my little one, in fact, this morning I go, hey, do you know your name? And she's like, yes. So soon as she tells me her name, I was like, do you know your last name? She's like, yes. It's uh, Princess. Oh, I was like, yeah, I wish. Close. I know, pretty classic. That's your middle name. That's your middle name. <laughs> yep. Princess. Um, I think my, my son's almost there. I don't think he... Oh, he might know his address. He knows his street anyway. Phone number. Mm. Phone number? Like my cell number? Don't be giving out my cell number, son. <laughs> don't you be doing it, kid. <laughs> Too personal. Too personal. Um, <laughs> then there's fun... There's things, self-care things. Actually, one of the articles I read said that it would be really... She's a former... Um, kindergarten or early childhood teacher and she said there are some self-care things that are helpful to a teacher if kids can do on their own that would be great um such as you know put their shoes on and off be able to wash their hands Mm. and dry them without the teacher's help because imagining multiplying that times 24 or however many kids are in her class thank you yeah again shout out to teachers hardcore wait i have a sidebar question how long 
will I have to wipe my kid's butt? Oh, that's a good question. I guess for right? as long as you don't want to smell poo-poo <laughs> on your child's butt. Um, I feel like our time is coming to not have to wipe bums, right? I I mean, I you listen, I still have one in diapers, so it's like I'm okay for right yeah. now. But once she learns, I'm like, I, I, I need I need a heart out. I need a heart out. Yeah. I, there's, there's a lot of butt wiping yes. in my household. Well, that's an interesting thing. I wonder at what point do early childhood educators not only appreciate that, but also kind of right. require it, you know? Right. Um, that's interesting. Um, yeah, here's a f- couple more. Okay. Clean up after self. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't mean to go to that after the pooping thing. Uh, clean up after self. I assume like, you know, arts and crafts cleanup. They mean right? Clean up after yourself. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, like, yeah, like don't walk away from away one after, thing before yeah. you move on to another thing. Yeah, we're still working totally. on that. No. Uh, get dressed. Follow directions. Listen to a story without interrupting. Another great mm. reason to read, read, read every day. That's hard for me to do even now. Yeah. And separate from parents easily. Oh, that's the second time that's come up in my research. Mm-hmm. And I, it has to be a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's, I'm, I, I mean, listen, you're lucky that little D didn't, didn't have an issue. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, t- it was really, it was a tough thing. And it's also, I noticed too that it, uh, at school, like during drop off, if one started, it was like, uh-oh. Oh, you know, it was it's like, contagious. It was, it was like crying. Yeah, it was like the warning sign went off, and it was just like, we are all in danger. Everyone panic. Our parents are leaving. Oh, geez. That's another time that, like, yeah. peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, the emotional peer pressure of one person yeah. crying. It's oh, like a yawn. It like, gets passed I, from person to person. It gets passed on. It's a little bit of, like, PTSD for me. I'm not going to lie. I can understand. So that. all those parents out there, it's like, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, I'm giving you that... Um, What's that movie with Jennifer Lawrence um, where she's like, I will I play I, I will be tribute. Oh, Hunger Games, <laughs> Hunger Games. I'm like giving my like Hunger Games salute to you. Yes, because it's it is not easy. Yes, it is not easy. All right, listeners, uh, when we come back after this break, we're going to talk a little bit more about maybe some alternatives that there may be if you feel in your gut or through assessment from early childhood teachers, et cetera, that your kid is not quite ready for kindergarten. Mm. What are some alternatives Mm. out there? I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? 
You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And now, types of moms on the first day of school from Toddler Purgatory, the not ready mom. It just feels like yesterday I was cradling you in my arms to Newport and now look at you. You're off of school like such a big girl. I mean, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm just I'm just not ready. The really ready mom. I am so ready. Let's go. Time's a wasted. Into the car, everybody. Okay. Drop-off starts at 745. I'm going to have you there at 730. So we're first in line because summer is over and mama is free. The photographer. Okay, hold up this chalkboard that says first day of school. Great. Turn around so I can see the backpack. Good. Yeah. Nice. Now let's get a little smile so we can see how excited you are. Okay, now let's try one where you're jumping. Yes, you're jumping for joy. That's if you're off to school. No, now a serious one. Yeah, let's get a serious one. Oh, look at my little scholar. The disorganized mom. Oh, you know, geez, I forgot your lunch. Oh, woof. Did they say drop off was at 745 or 850? Backpack? Do you need that on the first day? <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Here, take this Christmas-themed tote bag. It's all I can find. Oh, we're definitely going to be late. Your shoes? You know, I really need you to keep track of your shoes. Okay, you're tiny. You're still tiny, but keep track of your shoes. The Pinterest mom. So I have your bento box packed with some sushi rolls, and there's a little half sandwich in there that's in the shape of our house, just in case you're missing home. And then I've hand-printed a little pop-up card about how much we love you. Oh, and I also made you this locket with a picture of me in case you're missing mommy. Oh, and here's a locket of my hair as well. The ugly cry mom. My baby, oh, how can it already be time for school? I'm going to miss you so much. Don't go. Don't go. I can homeschool you. Yes, forever until you're 21 or even older. <laughs> That'll work. This has been Types of Moms on the First Day of School from Toddler Purgatory. All right, we are back and talking about kindergarten readiness. Are we ready? Are they ready? Are they? What can we do if we feel like our kid isn't ready? And this has to happen a lot because not every kid is the same. Nope. And also, kindergarten these days is so, for lack of a better explanation, like so much like real school. Mm-hmm. It's not just a slide in a sandbox anymore. Well, even, I mean, even for... I mean, some places you need like college-like applications just for kindergarten, which is bonkers to me. Yes. It starts so much earlier these days. So, and that's a good point, Blair, is to also look at the kindergarten that you're interested in, whether it's your public school kindergarten down the road or a more specialized kindergarten. Really ask those questions about what their expectations are and whether that place would be a good fit for your kid. Totally. So this is a list 
uh, by a woman named Jessica Smock. She wrote this article in Scary Mommy. It's called, It's Okay If Your Five-Year-Old Isn't Ready for Kindergarten. Oh, I love Scary Mommy. The thing she suggests, the first thing is investigate whether your town has a transitional kindergarten or a Young Fives program. Have you heard about this? I have heard the term Young Fives. You have. But I thought it was a band. <laughs> We'd like to welcome to the stage the Young Fives. The Young Fives. Oh, man, I love this band. <laughs> uh, Jessica writes, these programs were originally developed for kids who had summer or late birthdays, but now lots of other kids take advantage of them. Mm. Many states or towns offer programs for kids who aren't developmentally ready for kindergarten. I did not know that. The academics are typically less rigorous. Often the day is not as long, and the focus is on socialization and emergent literacy skills. Great. Dope. Good. I'm all for it. Yes. If I'd had that, I'm telling you, if I'd had that as a kid, I think I would have thrived. You kind of got to look for, right? Like I hadn't, I hadn't heard of Young Fives, but if that sounds yeah. something like something that would help you or interest you, find out if your town or a neighboring town might have that option for you. Another thing that in the Scary Mommy article they say is find out if other schools around you offer half-day programs. Great idea. Because a lo- that's a long day. A full day may not be for all kids. It's, it's tiring. That's a lot of energy. Listen, it, no, it's perfect because there's a lot of kids who um, can't sustain through an entire day. Again, and not to make it about me, but I just need to like put it out there. Um, my energy would run really, really high, right, for a short amount of time. And then I would be mm-hmm. gassed right the rest of the mm. day and it was always like oh she's lazy right oh geez. but it was really the fact that like my my stimulation my energy everything was just like through the roof for a short amount of time yeah so this is so key so clutch to do yeah find programs that have half days so that if you do know and I I know a lot of these half day programs too some are offered in the morning and some are offered in the uh in the later half of the day as well so if you know your yeah so if you know your kid at least in my town it is if you know your kid is like that yeah here's something here's something for him that might be a good option another option for some people might be homeschool Mm. for kindergarten Mm. that might be a better option for your kids that is not available (laughs) yeah also bless you God bless you. And this is kind of what we were talking about before. Find out exactly what the school's expectations are before you make a decision. I think that's a really good point. Because you might have an idea in your head of what kindergarten is. I know I do. And then maybe there's a different school in your area that is set up, you know, better for your child to succeed. Maybe the public school in your area does things a little differently than Mm -hmm. you would have imagined. And you might meet with those teachers or meet with the Mm -hmm. admin and say, oh, my gosh, this, this actually might be good for my kid. So find out what's offered. Keep it open because this is the thing you'll find on your Facebook groups and on your Instagram groups and all the social media groups. Everyone has an opinion, right, about what's best, not necessarily for your kid, your kid, right? What's what's the best thing? Listen, look, look and see what your kid's doing, how they're learning, how they're thriving in their environment, and then do the research, to see what is out there because a five billion a month, you know, kindergarten program may have all the, you know, unicorns and, and, and stuff 
that's that works for someone else's kid but down the street a public school may have a really phenomenal program that will work so much better for your kid so it's like yes do the research because yeah and look at what's out there a lot of a lot of things out there are opinions for their own opinion opinions for their own selves not for (laughs) yours And then her last suggestion is, which I really like, we have to say that the previous four things that I said are all privileges. Yeah. And not everybody has the privilege of choosing between these kinds of things. Yeah. So one of the best things you can do, and I really love this, and it kind of makes me want to cry. I've talked about that a lot today. <laughs> do you need I to? wonder where do I am in my cycle. <laughs> I feel like my whole recording session today has just been moments like we can, we can, where I'm just like trying to hold it together. <laughs> we can cry it out. It's all right. We're, we're vulnerable, <laughs> ladies. We, we're not afraid. Thank we're not you. afraid. We're not afraid to be vulnerable. Wow. I mean, I'm tough, but I'm soft. I'm soft. You know what I mean? Um, she says, become an advocate. Mm. Heck yes. If we have the privilege of deciding between these options, she says, we are very lucky. Many parents don't. The only real solution for all children is to change the system yeah. that now imposes developmentally inappropriate instruction on some young children. Absolutely. It isn't for everybody. So find out how you can get involved to make changes at the federal, state, and local levels. And we will put in our show notes some organizations that can help you do that. Yeah. There's a, a local one that I belong to called Moms in Action. Um, mm-hmm. It's MIA. MIA. I fly like paper game. Are you ever likely? <laughs> <laughs> but they do a lot of advocacy and just, you know, like email blasts, right? Sometimes yeah. my, my time is super limited and I, and I feel like I can't give. Um, uh, or sometimes the funds are limited too and I can't give. But certainly just, I feel like just getting these email blasts and learning what's out there, uh, getting the information, um, yeah, it, it does a lot. So so find out what's in your community. Sign up for these things and uh, yep. and, and get yourself aware because, uh, yes, a closed mouth. Don't get fed, people. Um, look, we solved it. We understand some things we can work on with our kids mm-hmm. to try and get them kindergarten ready again. Don't break out those flashcards. Don't, you don't need to. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just include your kid in stuff mm-hmm. and use these living moments to have opportunities for learning, counting the silverware as you set the table, um, setting a timer so that they start seeing, you know, how time works or whatever as you clean up the room or, you know, what can you do without the the construction paper color coding, which I'm going to do. That's such a great idea. You know, I stole that from somebody. I can't remember who, though, but it was really great. It really worked. Um, And there are so many things that we're already doing in life because we love our kids and we're taking care of our kids and we're getting them ready for life. And... That means we're getting them ready for kindergarten. So try to take a little pressure off yourself. Do the best you can. And listen, that drop off may be a little tough, but just know I'm with you. Yeah. I feel you. I'm holding your hand through it. I'm going to be in the car with you. Balling. Holding your hand. Balling. Wiping those tears. And then we're going to take a drive to McDonald's. And we're going to get ourselves a fry and a McFlurry. And then we're going to go home and we're going to watch a little Netflix. Okay. It's going to be all right. Moms okay, and dads. we are with you. It's going to be all As right. As always, we, we are we with are with you. you in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's only purgatory, It's only baby. purgatory. It's only purgatory. Thank you for joining us today and talking about getting ready for kindergarten. It's a journey, but we're on it with you. 
Um, listen, you know we have toddler purgatory merch. That's right. Get that you swag. You know we do. <laughs> you can find it at bit.ly slash merch. And also, I believe you can click onto it from toddlerpurgatory.com. You know we have a website. You sure can. You sure can. So head on over to toddlerpurgatory.com. Also, feel free to drop us a note there or on the What Fresh Hell Facebook page. We love hearing about your topic ideas. Yes. Give them to us. Yes. We'd love to talk about whatever has you thinking. And no topic is like off limits, right? Like if it's in your heart, if it's in your mind, if it's at your guts, let us know. Let's talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk it out. And we will. Hopefully... Solve it. Solve it. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, y'all. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.